Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. This is the podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. We're going to take our favorite beverage of choice as we look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Folks, I don't think since I've started this show that we have had a harder week than the last week that we have had. It has just been atrocious on so many levels. We have had several WWE superstars released because of the pandemic and the uncertainty that they have. There's never, as we talked about before, there's never a good time for things to happen sometimes, but there are certainly bad times. And so our, just our thoughts are with the superstars, they and their families, and hope that they come out on the other side of this even stronger than ever and then on the 16th we lost the ring announcer of choice for many of us the ring announcer of our youth of our childhood Howard Finkel the Fink passed away he was 69 and I think that just to sum up you've seen so many great tributes about him how wonderful this man was and how above it all above all else that yes, he was the voice of our childhood. He was the first employee of Titan Sports on, on April the 1st. You hear just so many wonderful things about him. But above all else, I think that this captures his spirit and who he was deep down as a person. This was tweeted out by Vicky Guerrero. You can find her at Vicky Guerrero on Twitter. She tweeted this out. I'm sad to hear of the passing of Howard Finkel. He was a gentleman and, and kind soul. I will always be debted to him for escorting Eddie from Minneapolis to Phoenix after he passed. When he called me, he said, I don't want Eddie to be flown home by himself. R.I.P. Love you, friend. That just says it all to me. Rest in peace, Howard Finkel. And then also this week, about midweek, I got some crazy news and I have to give you a little backstory here. In 2016, I escorted a group of students as a chaperone to Anime Boston, one of the biggest anime conventions in the world. And I am not an anime person, per se. It's fine. It's just not my particular cup of tea but we got there we registered and we went around and the students who came with me went off to do whatever it is that they do and I was just taking it all in it was quite a spectacle if you've never been if that's your thing I would uh, just encourage you all to go when when they open back up and you know when all this craziness passes and I'm just taking it all in. They have these 
just fantastic costumes and cosplay outfits, very intricately detailed and full of just many hours of work and just just great. And I'm I'm walking down the concourse and I I kind of turn a corner and this tall figure looms over me as he's coming towards me very menacingly look and I broke out into the biggest grin that anybody has probably ever seen especially in that group because it was Lord Buckethead now for those of you who don't know which probably be most of you a few years before Spaceballs there was another movie that made fun of the Star Wars movies in that genre and it was called Hyperspace it was also known as Grimloids in the UK. It's a 1984 3D science fiction comedy film starring Chris Elliott, um, who plays Roland Shit on Shit's Creek. Who, that, if you don't know who Chris Elliott is, that's who that is. And Paula Poundstone. It was written and directed by Todd Durham and filmed in Shelby, North Carolina. This was the sixth and final 3D film produced by the Owens B Studios in the 1980s. The film is an early parody of the 1977 space opera film Star Wars. It introduced Lord Buckethead, the visage of whom later became a satirical perennial candidate at British elections. A Star Wars-style text, Crawl explains how a resistance force led by Princess Serena has stolen vital radio transmissions from an evil galactic alliance. The Darth Vader-like villain, Lord Buckethead, named only in the closing credits, pursues Serena, but due to an error in navigation, winds up on Earth instead. And this movie went under the radar. It's a very low-budget affair, and not a lot of people know about it. But the legacy, the Grimlois Party, is a fictional political party that has run, candid, run a candidate called Lord Buckethead in three of the United Kingdom general elections. The candidate is shown wearing a bucket-like mask on his head. Buckethead ran against Margaret Thatcher for Parliament in Finchley in 1987, against John Major in Huntington in 1992, and against Theresa May in Maidenhead in 2017, the last of which he received 249 votes, which is 0.4% of the constituency. Now, this all ties back I had been interested and had been a fan of wrestling since 1991. And I knew that I don't have the athleticism. I have about a half of a thimbleful of athletic talent in my body. Just enough to make me halfway coordinated. And they were starting to phase managers out. I knew I probably wouldn't be able to get a manager. I wanted to be an announcer. I wanted to be a Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan type. And so I went to college to study communications for precisely this reason. And the first day of my first communications class, I met the man who later became my college advisor and mentor, Robert Bloodworth. Told us to call him Mr. B. And said if he asked us to repeat any things to forgive him too much rock and roll in the 80s. The man behind Lord Buckethead was Robert Bloodworth. He was an actor and very talented writer, director, and just overall great person. 
I heard this week from my good friend Mary that he's not doing very well. That just breaks my heart because sometimes you need the good people in your life, you know? And it is not only a reminder that life is fleeting. The past month and a half has taught us that and how life changes. It's just that we all grow up and we all get older and we need to pause and thank the people who help shape us and who help make us who we are. And so good thoughts and prayers are with my college advisor and mentor and a man I'm proud to know, Mr. B. He'll always be Lord Buckethead to me. Today we look at the 1988 Survivor Series from the WWF. Now, if you know Greetings from Allentown and its host Peter Winston, if you don't know that, I encourage you to check it out. It's a fantastic show. This is Peter Winston's favorite show of all time. He says everything comes back to the Survivor Series 88. Survivor Series 1988 was broadcast on pay-per-view on November the 24th, 1988 from the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. There were 13,500 in attendance. Due to the nature of this event, I may not get to every tag and move call. We start off with a shot of the crowd. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura welcome us as the announcers for the night. Jesse is dressed as a pilgrim as usual. They then throw it to Howard Finkel, who announces the first match. The Ultimate Warrior, Brutus Beefcake, the Blue Blazer, Sam Houston, and Jim Brunzel versus the Honky Tonk Man, Danny Davis, Greg Valentine, Ron Bass, and Bad News Brown with Jimmy Hart. Don Morocco was originally scheduled to be a part of the Warriors team but had left the WWF so he was replaced by Jim Brunzel. Jesse and Gorilla talk about Bad News Brown being a loner. Former partners Beefcake and Valentine start. Gorilla does his it takes Greg Valentine 15 minutes to get ready spiel, so if you're drinking at home, take a shot. Davis tagged in and Beefcake puts the sleeper on him. Davis is then eliminated. Valentine back in. He goes for the figure four but gets kicked off. The blue blazer, who was Owen Hart, is in. Owen is showing some nice high-flying moves. Brunzel tagged in. Bad News Brown tagged in. Brown dominating. Brunzel's trying to slug it out to come back. Brown hits the ghetto blaster for the pin. Beefcake then tagged in. Then Sam Houston tagged in. Brown is just brutalizing Houston. Valentine tagged in and Brown holds Houston for Valentine to hit him. But Brown gets accidentally hit instead. Brown is hot. He just leaves the group and gets counted out. Houston almost pins Valentine with a quick roll-up. Bass tagged in. He takes over on Houston. Bass hits a power slam and pins Houston. Warrior in. He cleans house. He tags the blue blazer in. He hits Bass from the top but doesn't get the pin. Honky Tonk Man tagged in. Valentine then tagged in. Blue blazer go, goes up top, but Honky Tonk Man knocks him off. Valentine puts the figure four on and the blazer submits. Beefcake is then in. Bass takes over. He tags the Honky Tonk Man in. The heels just batter Beefcake. Honky Tonk Man gets hit hard by Beefcake. He puts the sleeper on Honky Tonk Man, but they both go out. The sleeper gets put back on, and both men are counted out. The heels then double-team the Warrior. Back and forth as the heels continue to double-team. The Warrior gets a double clothesline. 
Warrior hits a double axe handle and pins Bass, and Jesse is irate since Valentine was the legal man. Valentine then gets his own double axe handle and pin. The sole survivor, the ultimate warrior. A 10-team Survivor Series match. Demolition Axe and Smash with Mr. Fuji. The Brainbusters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with Bobby Heenan. The Conquistadors, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Ramon with Jimmy Hart. And the Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov with Slick. Versus the Powers of Pain, the Warlord and the Barbarian. The Young Stallions, Paul Roman and Jim Powers. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. The British Bulldogs, the Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith. First chance to see Arn and Tully and the Rockers in the WWF ring. And the last hurrah for the Bulldogs as the WWF team here. Davy Boy Smith and the Conquistador won to start. Shawn Michaels and Nikolai Volkov have both, then both tagged in. Michaels is just brutalized. The Rockers then double team to come back. Janetti is beaten by Axe. Anderson in to do some damage, then Blanchard in selling hard. Dynamite Kid and Jacques Rougeau then battling it out. Dynamite is impressed and considering all of his back issues. Dynamite and Jacques battling is interesting considering the events behind the scenes where Dynamite Kid and Jacques Rougeau, Dynamite Kid had come up and it sucker punched Jacques Rougeau while he was playing cards. And so in retaliation, the Rougeaus take a roll of coins or uh, brass knuckles or something and as Dynamite is coming around the corner holding his two cups of coffee, Jacques knocks him in the face, punches him in the face, and knocks out some of his teeth. And just a whole big saga going on behind the scenes there. Powers tagged in. Zukov also in. Smash then comes in. Jacques then back in. Too many men and quick tags makes this hard to trap. Bret Hart in. He gets a small package and pins Ray Rougeau. Roman Volkov then in. Roman hits some moves, then tags Nightheart in. He slugs it out with Smash, then tags Barbarian. They bash each other. Conquistador number one in. Warlord tagged in, then Bret Hart. They just beat on Conquistador number one. Then Smash and Axe in. Double teaming goes on. Blanchard then takes over. Then Smash and Michaels in. Volkov then in and Michaels is just battered. Hill's doing some quick tags. Conquistador number two tagged in. Janetti tagged in. More quick tags by both teams. Blanchard batters Davy Boy Smith, who gives it right back to him. Axe and Warlord battle, and the crowd approves. Barbarian in and hits Blanchard with a modified top rope stun gun. Dynamite Kid in, and he gets battered. Powers in with Zukov. He hits a body press on Zukov, who rolls through and pins Powers. Michaels in, then Barbarian. Blanchard in, but he wants no part of Barbarian, so he tags Volkov in, and Jesse chuckles at that. Quick hits and tags to try to wear the Barbarian down. Janetti gets a quick sunset flip and pins Zukov. The Conquistadors take over on Janetti, and then Demolition does the same. Conquistador number one in, and the Hart Foundation double team him. This is Dynamite Kid's last hurrah in the big time, and he's making the most out of it. Barbarian in and Conquistador number two also comes in. Blanchard in and Barbarian lured into the heel's corner. Smash versus Barbarian. Power versus power. Bret Hart hits the German suplex on Tully Blanchard. But Blanchard gets his shoulder up and the Hart Foundation is gone. 
ring busters and rockers then slug it out in the ring and both teams get disqualified. They then brawl to the back. Axe and the Dynamite Kid duke it out. Then Demolition takes on the Barbarian. The Dynamite Kid goes for a diving headbutt but misses. Smash then pins Dynamite Kid. Warlord in against Conquistador number two. He hits the corner post accidentally. Fuji acts like he wants to hit someone with the cane. Fuji again up on the apron and he opens the rope as Smash goes against him. Smash is counted out. Axe is livid at Fuji. Fuji hits Axe and the demolition team attacks him. The powers of pain help Fuji up. Fuji hits a conquistador with his cane and he is pinned. The sole survivors, the power of pain, who lift Fuji up. Demolition comes back and slug it out with the powers of pain. Sean Mooney interviews Bad News Brown. He says everyone is out for him and he's always been a survivor. He says he has defeated everyone and deserves a title shot. Mean Gene Oakland interviews Mr. Fuji and the powers of pain. Fuji says he made demolition. Now he will leave the powers of pain to the titles. Mean Gene interviews Andre's team. They are ready and each is focusing on a member of the opposite team. Sean Mooney interviews the Mega Powers team. They are fired up and ready. Hulk Hogan says there are no weak links on the team. Jake Roberts with Damien, Jim Duggan, Scott Casey, Ken Patera, and Tito Santana versus Andre the Giant, Dino Bravo, Mr. Perfect, Harley Race, and Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan and Frenchie Martin. The Junkyard Dog was originally scheduled to be a part of Robert's team but left the WWF. B. Brian Blair then replaced the Junkyard Dog to be a part of the team but he also left the WWF so he was replaced by Scott Casey. Jesse mentions Rude winning the Jesse the Body Award so if you're drinking at home take a shot. Patera and Rude start out. They start out with a test of strength and Gorilla says it was Patera who convinced him to retire. Bravo tagged in. Perfect then tagged in and he is just so good already. Roberts tagged in. Then Santana tagged in and Jesse says Chico, so take a shot. Casey tagged in. Race comes in and takes over with a belly-to-belly suplex. Rude in and then Perfect. Patera back in, then Duggan. Perfect is just a bumping machine. Casey and Rude in, then Santana. Quick tags all around. Patera in. Rude hits the Rude Awakening and Patera is pinned. Casey is then battered. Bravo hits the side suplex on him and he's gone. Perfect and Santana in. Then Duggan in and Perfect is all over him. The heels all battering Duggan. Race and Santana in. Santana getting some near falls on Race. Race is pinned by Santana. Andre in and he chokes Santana hard. Santana is just brutalized. Andre finally pins him. Duggan comes in and hits Andre, who does his ropes tied up spot. The crowd gets fired up. Rude and Roberts in. Perfect then in. Shake is just being punished by the heels. Bravo in and Roberts hits the short clothesline and signals for the DDT. Rude hits him again. Rude tagged in. Rude lies in wait and nails Roberts. Roberts gets his foot on the rope to stop two pinfall attempts. Bravo then in. Roberts avoids two elbows and tags Duggan in. Duggan and Bravo brawl outside. Duggan brings the 2 by 4 in and gets disqualified. Roberts all alone. Perfect in. Roberts fighting valiantly. They slug it out. Bravo back in. Bravo powers out of a DDT attempt. 
Rude tagged in. They slug it out. Jesse compares Cheryl Roberts to Robin Givens again, just like he did in the last episode. Roberts taking a lot of punishment. Rude hits the fist drop, then does his taunts. Roberts grabs him as he goes to tag. Roberts hits the DDT and pins Rude. Andre in. He chokes Roberts in the corner. The referee finally disqualifies him. Perfect comes in and pins Roberts. The sole survivors, Mr. Perfect and Dino Bravo. Roberts goes for Damien, and the heels run to the back. Mean Gene interviews the big boss man and the Kings team. They are extremely confident. They go to the ring. A King, the big boss man, the Red Rooster, Ted DiBiase, and King Haku with Virgil, Slick, and Bobby Heenan versus Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco Beware with Miss Elizabeth and Frankie. The WWF on Coco's tights is blurred out. DiBiase and Savage start. Savage sticks and moves. Hercules tagged in. Rooster in. Coco and the King then come in. Hercules and Haku then in. Hogan comes in. He starts out fast versus Haku. Hillbilly Jim is then in. Akeem in. The Rooster in. Coco in. They're just all going back and forth. Quick tags in and out by both teams. Coco hits a big missile drop kick. Hogan in. He hits the big boot. Savage in and hits the flying elbow. The Rooster is pinned quickly. The heel team is mad at Rooster. Haku and Hogan in. Then Hercules in, but he can't get the three count. Akeem in. Hillbilly Jim in. They slug it out. Akeem hits a splash and gets the pin. Coco in attacking Akeem. Then Hogan in. He hits Akeem. Tags Hercules in, who wobbles Akeem, but he won't go down. Coco then in. He goes for the splash in the corner, but Akeem moves. Boss man in and hits the boss man slam for the pin. Hogan in and the crowd comes alive to see boss man and Hogan. Boss man bumps well for the big man. Hogan hits the boot and slams boss man. Boss man then hits a modified slam. Akeem tagged in. They take turns battering Hogan. DiBiase in. Just measures Hogan. Hulk up by Hogan. Hercules tagged in. DiBiase bumping like crazy. Virgil interferes. DiBiase rolls Hercules up for the pin. Savage then sneaks up and rolls DiBiase up for the pin. Haku and Hogan in. Haku drops Hogan with a thrust kick. Boss man in and he has the advantage but can't get the pin. Akeem in and punishes. Haku back in with more punishment. Hogan is being worn down. He starts his comeback. Boss man in and hits the boss man slam. He doesn't pin Hogan though. He goes up top but misses the splash. Hogan tags Savage in and he comes in hitting everyone. Slick trips him. The boss man pounces. Slick goes after Elizabeth. Hogan goes after Slick. He nails Slick. Akeem and Big Boss Man come out and grab Hogan. They cuff him to the bottom rope. They then beat him. Boss Man gets counted out. He beats Hogan with the nightstick. Boss Man comes into the ring. He and Akeem beat Savage. Akeem is disqualified. They leave as Haku is beating on Savage. Slick tonguing Hogan with the keys. Haku misses a drop kick. Slick jumps up and holds Savage's arms, but gets kicked by Haku after Savage ducks. Liz grabs the keys. Hogan gets loose. Haku hits the splash, but Savage kicks out. Hogan gets tagged. Big boot, leg drop, and pin. The sole survivors are the Mega Powers. Liz consoles Savage. 
Hogan must pose. Liz comes over to Hogan. He picks her up and puts her on his shoulder. Savage looks uneasy about it. It's all so subtle, but if you see it, then you know. There are foundations being laid. Folks, if you like the show, please leave us a review at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately, Maine, Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media.